I am your host, Larry Zonka, and this is episode five of the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. We are back again today. I'd like to thank everybody who has been downloading and sharing the show. Uh, if you missed it before, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube. Make sure you follow and subscribe and share us around. And uh, today is basically going to be uh, kind of a news-heavy show. And uh, I have a guest again today. Uh, had Steve Cook on last time, but today I have a, a long-time good friend, a man that loves my wife's sweet tea, Jeremy Lambert Jr. the third. How are you? I am doing well. That sounds weird. A man that loves my wife's sweet tea. But it's very good. If you're ever in South Carolina, stop by Casa de Zonka and sample the sweet tea of Mrs. Zonka. Because can that sounds that sounds very weird. Don't never don't take it like that, anybody. It's good sweet tea. I was gonna say it's not like I'm lying. I mean you leave with like four gallons every time. It, it's a it's another gallon every time i visit i the first time i was there and i had it i said this is very good sweet tea and the next time i left with a gallon and every other time i've come back it's you just keep adding a gallon to my uh, cargo when i leave i love it well i mean we do what we can so <laughs> casa de zanka is a, a very good uh place to stay again if you're in south carolina for a night or two and you want to see larry never sleep because that's what he does pretty much and um the only thing that sucks about that like right now is like ever since i've been home from like rehabbing the hospital like i can't sleep worse shit and i think part of it is because i i used to sleep on my left side all the time which is like really awkward now like without the leg so it's just like I can't find a comfortable way to sleep. So it's just like such a bitch. So like I'll go to bed, I'll try to sleep. I'll sleep maybe an hour, I'll wake up, I'll review something or I'll write something, and then I'll go try to lay down again. And then nothing happens and I end up watching like Law and Order or Chicago PD or some shit like all night. Beverly night. Hills, nine oh two one oh. That too, yeah. It's, that's more early morning viewing now but but yeah, it's just like I'm like, what the hell, man? But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, everything's going good. Uh, I'm glad you're free tonight to do the show. We'll have some fun here. And uh, like I said, we're kind of a you know, news heavy show. We're not gonna like really talk about shows. Um, we're gonna talk about bit angles and news coming out this week. And I think the first thing we'll do is talk about Kofi Kingston and his road to WrestleMania. He had the big gauntlet match on SmackDown. He beat everybody. And then, of course, we had to have the evil authority figure, Vince McMahon, ruin the party. And Kofi ends up losing to Daniel Bryan. And Kofi's a loser again. He's not going to WrestleMania right now. New Day's jokingly basically threatening to quit. What do you think of the Kofi's whole angle right now? I loved Vince coming out and after Kofi runs the gauntlet and basically introducing the final boss of Daniel Bryan. Like you think you beat the game and then you get the mystery final boss that comes out uh, and it just happens to be the WWE champion. I thought that was great, honestly. Uh, the angle itself, they're they're telling the story that they always tell with these underdogs who... They're not supposed to be in the main event and the authority figure hates them for one reason or another. And then they get to the main event and then they hopefully win the title. I do like the 
the uh, sprinkling of racism that they have added. That sounds weird to say, but the old Big E saying, you know, people like us are only supposed to be at one certain level and we're just not going to reach to the next level. We all know what he's talking about there. Uh, Xavier Woods mentioning, you know, we started this video game channel for a reason, so we have something to fall back on. I like that they're sprinkling in some reality to this. It's... It's a story they've told a million times. It works. The crowd's into it. The crowd loves Kofi. Uh, as long as the payoff is he wins the WWE title, then I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm just hoping that they're... I think you're playing with fire when you're getting this close to WrestleMania. And I really hope that they don't go past the expiration date and lose all that organic support that Kofi got because... I, you know, I wrote a column on the New Day stuff that ran today. Um, we're recording on Thursday. And basically, it, it talked about how, you know, it wasn't supposed to be Kofi. You know, this it was supposed to be Mustafa Ali's shot. You know, Daniel Bryan wanted to work with him, brought him in. And then he gets hurt. Kofi gets the chance. And then all of a sudden, everybody's kind of like, hey, fuck yeah. Kofi's been here forever. We like Kofi. We like the New Day. And they got behind them. And, you know, it's working. They're with them. I just kind of hate the, we're doing the Daniel Bryan story again. We're doing the authority figure thing again. And um, I think it might have been Voices of Wrestling on Twitter who said, um, you know, I don't get it. If Vince doesn't want him in there so bad, it reminded them of um, um, Dr. Evil and his son from the Austin Powers movies. You know, when he keeps putting Austin in these stupid-ass things. And then Scotty's like, why don't you just shoot him in the head? Just end it. It's like, why do you keep giving Kofi shots? It, it makes no sense. But, I mean, that's that's what they do. I think I, this is where the hints of racism actually work. Because my, my uh, defense to that would be Vince sees value in Kofi. And that he is a B-plus player. You need these guys. Like, not everybody can be WWE champion. You need a comedy act like Kofi who can sell merchandise, get the crowd into things, have good matches. Like, he's a useful part of the roster. But he is at a certain level. And Vince is basically teaching him, this is the level that you're at. This is the level that you're going to stay at no matter how much these fans get behind you is it you know is it worth investing all this time into other logic holes into it yes but if you buy the theory that vince is a racist and just sees this as a i guess a slave uh then i kind of see where it all works and now that they've sort of introduced that into the storyline i think it makes more sense in that aspect if it is just the daniel bryan story of hey this is where you're going to be at you're fine there's nothing wrong with a b plus player then yeah it's the same daniel bryan story the the subtle and not so subtle hints of racism have kind of added a new layer to this story where i buy into it more because I mean I'm not going to say Vince McMahon is a racist that's for Gail Kim to say but the history of black people succeeding in the WWE is not very long 
Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point, too. So we have Kofi still trying to find his way into WrestleMania. He's not there yet. We'll see what happens this week on SmackDown. But uh, speaking of other roads to WrestleMania, um, is it just me or is WWE completely cooled off Braun Strowman? Because they did like that. Yeah. You know, the guy that yells his own name a lot. I mean, he, um, they did that like really weird heel turn for no reason. And then like it just, it started falling apart there. He's feuding with some geeks from Saturday Night Live. And he's stuck in the Andre Battle Royal when a lot of people thought he'd be champion by now. They, they pretty much killed Braun for me when he lost that match against Lesnar a couple years ago. That, I mean, that, that was the end of it. It might have even been last year. WWE just blends all together for me. But when he had that title shot against Lesnar, that felt like the perfect time to put the belt on him. And they, like they didn't do it. And he never got as hot as he was again after that. Like, all right, he flips things and destroys things, and that's kind of cool, I guess, and stuff. The heel turn went nowhere because they, they ended up losing Roman, and so they felt like they needed another kind of top baby face to, to take his spot. The, the crown jewel match against Lesnar pretty much killed him dead again. Like, they had a chance to reignite him there and they just killed him once again for Brock and then they've done like the the theory is that they took him out of the rumble match because they didn't want Brock beating him again and what so they took him out of the rumble match so he can do literally nothing this it throughout 2019 I can't tell you a single thing Braun Strowman has done outside of now he doesn't like Weekend Update, which is the only good thing about SNL as someone who hate-watches the show every week. Yeah, it's... I don't know. That, that's one of those things that annoys me because, you know, Braun obviously isn't like a perfect in-ring performer, but the guy is huge. He's bigger than life. The crowds got behind him. He got over. And I'm sorry. I love when that big bastard hits the floor takes a lap and runs a motherfucker over. I think that's hilarious. You know, it's like, I enjoy Braun for what he is. I don't expect a five-star classic out of Braun. I know what I'm getting with him. But the fact is, you know, people will say, well, he's not ready. Thing is, though, he was hot. He was over. And he's getting, you know, he's like in that mid-30s area right now. And he has a lot of mileage on his body from doing all the strongman stuff. So you don't know how long this dude's going to be around. And like you said, he hasn't been as hot as he was when he was first going for the title, and then Brock had the win. I think with... You still there? Yeah. Okay, I think with Braun at this point, like, the comedy doesn't work. He was, I mean, he was wasted last year at WrestleMania, if we're being honest. Like, he pulled a kid out of a crowd and then held the titles for 24 hours. And the comedy just doesn't really work. He's best as just a monster heel who's going to destroy things. But then you've also, you've, you've got to make him Andre, essentially. Like, you don't have to put the belt on Andre. 
but you've got to make him this believable guy who beats most of your roster and but can't beat like a conquering baby face i guess not can't beat brock lesnar because he's just some comedy geek and brock just beats everybody like i'd like to see braun at this point just be a bodyguard from what's what's bray wyatt doing when's his next big return that he's been teasing for months like pair them back together give braun just somebody who he can kind of play off of and protect and just be a dominant force again because he's completely cool as a baby face he, he's not a comedy monster baby face it doesn't work yeah and i just i'm like and i agree he was wasted last year i'm not looking forward to whatever he's going to do this year my biggest fear is that he's going to be in the Andre and those fucking SNL geeks are going to somehow get him eliminated. It, and it's, it's just going to be like the biggest waste. I, I mean, Braun should win the Andre. Not that winning that thing means anything. They killed that gimmick the first year of it when Cesaro won and did nothing with him. If he's going to be in it, he should win it. Yeah, if, if the SNL guys eliminate him, it's going to be bad. Really, if... If they don't get a Braun appearance on SNL the Saturday before WrestleMania, this whole thing is for naught. Like if he doesn't show up on Weekend Update the Saturday before Mania, and they have a show that day because I checked. If he doesn't show up on Weekend Update and just destroy the entire set and choke slams Keenan Thompson or something, it, it's all a waste. Like, how do you not get an SNL appearance out of this? And it's still a waste even if they do, but at least WWE is all about their mainstream headlines, and that'll get them some mainstream headlines. Yeah, that w- I would I agree. That would actually be good. Um, going on to another another rough road to WrestleMania, or maybe lackluster is the be- better word, Asuka. Um, for those of you that don't know, she is the SmackDown Women's Champion. Um, she has no match right now. They are finally going to set her challenger on Tuesday in a four-way. Um, but then again, WWE likes their multi-person matches. They could just run a screwy finish and make it some wacky five-person match. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Asuka's run with the title so far, Jeremy. Not good. <laughs> Not good. good. Uh I mean, she won at TLC, and it seemed like it was going to be a big deal, and then she wasn't on TV for weeks. Like, she made Becky tap out. That should have been a pretty big deal, and it just turned into nothing. Like, she lost to Mandy on some distraction finish, and now it is a fatal four-way. Their tweet was terribly worded, and they said two separate matches, or you know, they're going to have to fight separately. I thought it was two singles matches. I didn't understand it until I watched the video. Uh, yeah, it seems like it's probably just going to end up being some weird thing. I hope Asuka honestly just comes out and kills all four of them. And it's just like, I'm going to just beat all of their asses at WrestleMania. Like, I don't care about this one-on-one stuff. Yeah, I'm very disappointed in the run. It's... um. I mean, she's been pretty much missing in action on SmackDown outside of the uh, the loss to Mandy and then, like, beating Sonya one week. And it's just it, – she's, like, just such a non-factor. And it's it's a shame because when she won the title, she actually felt like 
because like she was downplayed for a lot of the last year, and then she wins the title, and then she like you said she taps Becky out, and it's like wow, it's like okay, momentum swing big time, and then you do nothing with it, which is another reason why I really have almost resentment for the Raw Women's Title match because I don't think you need Charlotte in there. I know that they want her in there, but I don't think you needed her in there. I think Becky and Ronda would have been fine on their own. And the other thing is, is I would have saved Charlotte and then done the WrestleMania rematch with Oscar. Because then you have a chance to have two quality matches. Instead, the SmackDown Women's title is the, the bastard stepchild. I mean, fuck, the SmackDown women left their brand to get challenged Ronda. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is really, it speaks volumes about just how poorly they've done with the SmackDown women's roster. It's really been Becky just carrying, Becky and Charlotte like, really just carried that whole brand uh, throughout the summer into the fall and into the winter. And now, like, look who you're left with. Like, Naomi, everyone likes Naomi, but she wasn't doing anything. Carmella was reduced to five-second or seven-second dance break with R-Truth and comedy skits. Mandy, oh, she had the feud where she tried to break up Naomi and uh, the Usos' marriage. Sonya Deville was just basically background for, for that whole feud. The, they didn't establish anybody for Asuka to challenge or to challenge Asuka after Asuka won the title because Becky and Charlotte moved on to this feud with Ronda. You really could have brought over like a Tamina or not Tamina, God, no, uh, Anaya, or, or even a Bailey or a Sasha, like, you could have brought them over from Raw, and, like, that would have been a great feud uh, for Asuka. Like, Tamina, why do I keep saying Tamina? Naya against Asuka is, a like, a really good feud. You can tell a story with those two. Um, and, you know, instead you're getting Mandy Rose, who's god's gift to the world but not that great of a wrestler at this point listen you can only tell one kind of story with nia Jax. it's a bad one okay yeah well <laughs> she's got a heat on her i mean don't you see her twitter post she's got oh jesus christ i don't care she's so fucking horrible she is and terrible but you can at least there's an established story with nia of she's a dominant force who if she hits you which they kind of dropped the whole face breaker thing but you know you can tell that whole story it's better than mandy where it's like here's this really attractive woman whose biggest claim to fame right now is failing to break up a marriage yeah but jesus nye and tamina together are just a disaster Oh, and we're going to talk to kill them, though. Like, well, Asuka yeah, beats no. those two. Like, it's a lot better. This is true. But we'll, or we'll heat up Sonya Deville. I like Sonya Deville. She's got an MMA background. Like, you could you could have heated her up, and they did nothing with her. Yeah, I like Sonya a lot, too, actually. But uh, we'll, we'll talk more about uh, Nia and Tamina later. Uh, we're going to stay with SmackDown, and we got the uh, U.S. title match is going to be Ray challenging uh, Joe at Mania. And apparently Dominic, who is like, he looks like a fucking giant next to his dad, is going to be at ringside. Question, first of all, does it feel like they wasted weeks on the Andrade versus Ray feud for no reason now? Yeah, I mean, it felt like they wasted weeks when they were like, 
this is a pre-show match, and then they just turned it into a four-way, and Joe won the title. Like, I'm, I'm happy for Joe. I'm glad he finally won the title. But they had a feud going, like a very competitive feud with great matches, and then it just kind of got dropped out of nowhere. Like, I feel like at worst, they should have just ran back the, the four-way, or at least on a three-way. You can uh, take or leave our truth But I feel bad for Andrade because this guy has these great matches. He's clearly a star. Like anyone who watched him in NXT knows this guy is a star. And as usual, they've done nothing with him on the main roster. And when it seemed like he finally had some momentum with this feud with Rey Mysterio, it's like, eh, we're just going to give this title shot to Rey and Andrade is probably just going to be in the battle royal. Well, the worst part for me is there are people that still try to convince me that Andrade has not been wasted on the main roster. I'm sorry. Who are those people and what are they watching? There are people on Twitter that are horrible people. But (laughs) he got brought up and he debuted. And then he wasn't on TV for like seven weeks. And then he came back and beat a jobber or two. And then he disappeared again. And they just, they had no fucking plan for him. They had no idea what to do. And then, like you said, all of a sudden, you know, Ray's there and Ray wants to work with them because, I mean, and they've been doing it in the matches. I do think Ray honestly sees a lot of Eddie in him because they do a lot of Ray and Eddie spots and everything. And you can tell Ray looks like re-energized working with him. They're pulling off doomsday hurricane Rana's in these matches. I know. I know. It's, it's great. But... His stuff with Ray was really, really good. And I was one of the people that were assuming they would do, you know, the mask versus hair match. And apparently one of those the things now is that, like, WWE started to shy away from that because they decided they're not going to obviously unmask Ray. And then they were like, well, we don't want to shave Andrade's head. It's like, well, you know what? Sometimes you got to fucking make sacrifices. That shit will grow back, okay? I mean, you don't even have to do a mask versus hair match. Just play it into something. Like Selena Vega, Zelina Vega is good enough to where I, I don't want to say you do the whole JBL Shawn Michaels like ownership thing, but something with Zelina Vega gets control of Rey Mysterio's contract or something like you can have some sort of stipulation to play this off and actually have a meaningful last match in this feud. And of course, Ray can just win, and then you don't even have to do any wacky thing where Zelina Vega gets the contract. But if you want to add some type of stipulation, uh, there you go. So I, I don't know. Like You can do something there, and they, they've done nothing with it. Now it's Ray versus Joe, which I'm all for. It's going to be a good seven-minute match because that's probably all about they're going to get. Uh, but it does feel like they've just wasted this whole thing with Andrade. And yes, Andrade has been wasted from the moment he's been called up because he was red hot in NXT and really the, the hottest thing on the brand outside of Gargano. And now he's just a guy on SmackDown. Yeah, he's just a fucking dude, man. And it's such a shame. And people are like, I hate when you like judge so fast and you say he's wasted. It's like, 
what have they done with him? Seriously, it's like, can you name anything outside of the fun Ray matches that he's done? It's like, no, he fucking job like all the time when he was actually on TV. And it's like, yeah, there might have been some good efforts, but it's they just didn't do anything. And it's such a shame because the dude is so talented. But um, yeah, so we're gonna get uh, Joe versus Ray, which means the uh, obviously the rumored Joe versus John Cena match is not happening again. That's a match a lot of people have wanted to see, and apparently both guys have wanted since they you know all the old UPW days in California. But um, as of right now, Jeremy John Cena, no match on WrestleMania. He's allegedly gonna have one. But what do you see them doing with him? Well, I know he finishes filming at the end of March. And we know he's going to be in New York because he has some book signing that weekend. So the the tea leaves say he's going to be at WrestleMania in some capacity. I, I saw Meltzer's report today that he's been confirmed for a match, but no one has any idea what that match is. Angle and Cena just seemed like too perfect because it was perfect. And then they announced Baron Corbin, which was the weakest possible announcement you could have. Even despite people saying, oh, this is gonna this was the plan all along, but now there's there's pushback. I'm still of the mind where I don't think this was the plan all along. I think it was the announcement is supposed to be Corbin, but Angle is going to beat him in like three seconds and then just say, you know what? I want my last match to be better than that. I thought Baron Corbin was going to give me a challenge, but this guy sucks. Just bury Corbin. Who cares? And then John Cena comes out because I mean, that's how it all started. So why not kind of do that same thing? That's what I thought they were when... The moment the Baron Corbin announcement was made, that's I still thought the direction was was Cena and Angle, and I'm still of the mind that that's where they're going. If it's not, I don't know what they're doing with John Cena because every other potential opponent is pretty much booked, and you're not throwing Cena in the Andre or anything like that. So Kurt Angle is about the only thing that makes sense for him right now. Yeah, the the Corbin announcement went over like a fucking fart in church man that was just the chicago crowd chanted for cena chicago (laughs) cut off there but uh yeah it's just it's bad the the whole the whole corbin thing he's he's no good and um yeah and like like you said it would make sense to the cena thing because it would be it would be full circle you know, it would be because uh, obviously John Cena had his big first uh, main roster match with a uh, good old uh, Kurt Angle there, and but yeah, Baron Corbin is just I I don't know I I don't know what anybody sees in the guy. He's he's tall. That that's about it. He's not even like that tall. He's tall enough for for Vince, and he was willing to shave his head. So 
that's apparently good enough for Vince. I I don't know. I don't get the Baron Corbin thing at all. If you're going to use Angle in this spot, you either need to have it be another legend who it's like, all right, it's two legends, cool, or a young guy who you're actually going to push. If they truly want to push Baron Corbin, this company is more in danger than I give them credit for. Well, that's the problem, though. They do like the guy. They, you can, you can so like him. Fucking, they gave him so much TV time. Yeah, and, and then Seth Rollins came out and buried him and said, you're the reason the ratings suck. Even yeah. though the McMahons are the one putting him on TV. But I... I mean, he's obviously taken a step back. He He's fine in his little group with Lashley and McIntyre. I don't mind Baron Corbin if he's just going to be that cowardly heel. Like, the, the whole authority role was fine for him because at least he didn't have to wrestle. But he also was on TV way too much. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I have a... Uh... No love for Baron Corbin. Pair him with Nia Jax. Yeah, just get rid of them, all of them. Send them away. Um, speaking of Nia Jax, that was actually a good segue there. Uh, starting off, they would go back to SmackDown. The Iconics beat champions Bailey and Sasha Banks. And now it's looking like the Mania tag title match is going to be a four-way with Beth and Natalya as well as Tamina, Nia Jax, and the Iconics, all involved. Are you excited at all for this? I hate when champions just lose these matches. Like, what was the purpose of beating Sasha and Bayley in a regular tag team match? Could they not have just said, hey, you know what we're going to do at WrestleMania since Bayley and Sasha want to face any and all comers we're going to do, you know, a team from Raw, a team from SmackDown, a team from NXT, and we're going to bring Natalia and Beth Phoenix as this Legends team, and that's who you're going to face. And hey, to be in this match, you got to win this match. And then the Iconics just win that match. They beat Carmella and Naomi uh, and Sonya Deville and Mandy, and I think that's about all the teams they have on SmackDown, and Nikki Cross and Alicia Fox, if she's still around. Like, you just have them qualify by just beating other teams. Don't beat your champions in non-title matches like this. It's just, it doesn't make sense to me, especially when it's short and clunky and nobody looks good at all because nobody, that match did nobody any favors. And I'm a big Iconics fan. I don't think they're good in the ring, but I love their gimmick. Uh, the match did nobody any favors, though. The, I like Sasha and Bailey. I like that they're willing to defend on any and every brand, and they're showing up on all these shows and stuff. The women's tag team titles just feel like they have no direction already. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, First of all, why the fuck are Nia and Tamina still involved? They've lost, like, every tag match. Like, that was important. I I'm, I was fine with the Beth and Natalia thing. But now you're to shoehorn the fucking Iconics in there who are just... They're bad. 
I I guess so. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's I'm I don't know, dude. It's it it feels it feels extremely lazy, and it's let's get everybody on the card, and it's WrestleMania. Not everybody deserves to be on the fucking card. I mean, this is the problem when you hoard all of this talent and then you have your biggest show of the year and you want to put 17 matches on the card. Oh, don't even fucking remind me about that. (laughs) I am, like, not looking forward to that at all. Yeah, I don't mind this whole multi-women tag team thing. I think when Bailey and Sasha said, we want to take on any and all challengers from any brand... I think it makes sense you have every brand represented in this match. It's just the way they have gotten there is just very it's just very lazy. Like I don't know if an NXT team's gonna be on it, but if they are, I mean they've already taped everything with NXT, so unless it was a uh vignette that will just air in the next two weeks, like an NXT team's not gonna be on there. And then all right, the Iconics beat your champions. Beth and Natalia are fine. I don't know what Tamina and Nia are doing. Like they they lost a tag team match to Bailey and Sasha. So why why are they here? Taking up space and they're related to the Rock. <laughs> that is not the reason they are in that position. Do you not read Nia's Twitter? Nia can go fuck <laughs> off, man. I don't care. That's the only if if anybody else in that company was her size was that bad in the ring and had a history of injuring people they would be fucking gone uh yeah i i would venture to say so or they would not be in the position that she's in that's for sure yeah oh and here's the other thing don't anybody start bitching that i called her fat because i didn't what i'm saying is if you had a large woman in there, okay, let, let, let's let's say this. Let's say, you know, they signed Piper Niven, the former Viper, right? Let's say that she was a reckless and sloppy worker. She would never make it out of NXT UK and she'd get fired. But thankfully for her, she's actually fucking great. Nia Jax is not and will never be great. She's fucking horrible. Her and Tamina are one of the worst tag teams that ever existed. I keep waiting for Tamina to get hurt. I'm actually surprised that she <laughs> stayed healthy this long. I mean, I don't want her to get hurt, but uh, it's just like she has such a bad history of injuries. And the fact that she's been around this long without getting hurt, pretty impressive. I'll give her that. But, it uh, counts for something to stay healthy, I guess. I guess so. And be re- related to Dwayne. But uh, we'll stick with the women's wrestling for a little bit more. Um, it was announced today that uh, now former Impact Wrestling knockout Allie has signed with uh, AEW. It turns out her, her contract um, expired at the end of 2018, and they opted not to re-sign her so that they could, quote-unquote, freshen up the division. Your thoughts? I'm all for them just building honestly build impact around jordan grace and tessa blanchard because they're both awesome uh her storyline with sue young and that whole mess is not my cup of tea and not to say that i don't mind this whole undead fantasy style like there's a place for that in wrestling 
uh, and it's called Lucha Underground. And what they were trying to do was very Lucha Underground light. Like I, I had a, I had trouble getting into that whole story because Impact tries to take from many different companies. And so they just don't establish kind of their their universe, essentially. And with that whole storyline, that's what it felt like, is they saw, hey, this was really cool in Lucha Underground. Let's try to do a little bit of this. But then you're also doing a lot of WWE stuff. And not to say WWE doesn't do like fantasy stuff. They obviously do with The Undertaker and Kane throughout history. Uh, but this was a much watered down version of even The Undertaker and Kane. Yeah, my problem with it was, like you said, it was it was obviously borrowing off of what Lucha Underground does. But the fact is, it felt extremely out of place and impact. Yes. Because... The reason people were like, well, you would like it if it was Lucha Underground. I'm like, well, no, they didn't. If it was the same quality, I wouldn't. But the fact is, Lucha Underground created a universe where fucking mystic gauntlets and people coming back from the dead and all kind of shit works because they tried to be basically like a a live action comic book slash grindhouse movie. So all those things, if you create a universe that works like that, then you can do it. But Impact was turning the product around. They were trying to be more serious, um, less talking, a little more sport-oriented. And then you fucking throw, like, the Dark War in there with Allie dressed as Buffy the Vampire Slayer killing bitches with hatchets and blood squirting on the camera in the middle of the pay-per-view. And it's like... uh it just it stuck out like a sore thumb. It was caught between again because you can create, I feel, multiple characters in a certain universe like that. Again, WWE does that with the Undertaker, and we know he doesn't have these powers. But WWE has always done it in sort of that campy way, outside of I guess the Attitude Era, where they did try to have more edge and it worked then. But otherwise, it was always sort of in a campy kind of way as you said impact tried to create this more like they tried to create more of like an attitude area like the whole lax stuff was very you know based on drugs these backstage vignettes of them partying drugs and and money and hose and booze yeah and and, you know they're running over children and stuff like they're they're killing kids uh like they they tried to create like these serious stories and then you've got this sort of this other thing that just doesn't fit with what you're talking about. And that's like, it's fine if it's good. The problem is it just wasn't very good on top of everything else. So Allie's gone and she's going to AEW. So what do you think about that for them? Uh, it's fine. I mean, I, I like Allie. She wouldn't be like my top pick from Impact. I. AEW is just weird to me right now because their roster is is good. You never know who they're going to end up signing. Like it's a very diverse roster, but until we actually see something from them, it's kind of hard to just comment on, yeah, this looks like a a good pickup. Like all these people are, are good and 
there's nothing wrong with just having a bunch of good talent, but I mean, WWE has a bunch of good talent and doesn't know what to do with them. I'm not saying AEW will run into that same issue, but AEW right now just has 30 minute videos every week trying to build stuff. And then they're running monthly shows and then they'll likely get a TV deal in October, but that we're like, we're a long ways off from that. So their roster is, is great. AI, we just need to see something in action from them. Yeah, a lot of people, I was getting um, email and stuff about, you know, why aren't I talking about AEW more? And the thing is, I, I really can't comment too far on it because, like you said, they're likely getting a deal. It sounds like they're getting a TV deal. I like a lot of the people involved, but, I mean, there's nothing for me to watch right now. Am I yeah, going to watch the pay-per-view double or nothing? Of course I am. I'm going to review it, and, you know, if if it delivers like I think it can, I'm probably going to enjoy the hell out of it. But it's just, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, they have, they're locking in talent. That's good. They're trying to set everything up. That's good. They're taking their time, which is also good. But, I mean, it's all just guesswork on my part right now because I don't know what the end goal is. I don't know if they're going to, make good rights fees i don't know if they're gonna have a good time slot you know i mean it's just we don't know yeah they they say all the right things uh they seemingly do all the right things like the being the elite is still like they still do storylines for that every week but it's storyline centered around kind of five or six guys which again fine uh the road to double or nothing though they do good profile pieces on that. Like they've pretty much got the double or nothing card booked and it's a, it's a good card on paper, but what are you really supposed to comment on? Unless you're just going to comment on being the elite every single week and being the elite this week, the young bucks got no reaction in Mexico. And so they dubbed it with generic rock music to cover that fact up. Yeah, and it's just like, and I want the company to work well because I think it's great that guys are going to have another place to make money, and apparently it's really good money for a lot of these guys. And um, yeah, it's. I think that people are like, you have these people that are against it right away because you have these people that like still don't like the young bucks, and then there's people that hate Cody for some reason. And Jericho's a turncoat because he left WWE. So they wanted to fail. And, you know, Kenny Omega's horrible. So they don't like it. And then you have the exact opposite. Because these guys created such goodwill through the show, through being the elite, and then they delivered with all in. And then you have these fans that are like, you guys are fucking nuts, man, because they're going to compete with everybody. And I, I wouldn't say that because, I mean, first of all, I mean, we got to be honest about it. Nobody is going to be a legit competition in WWE. Nobody's getting the billion dollars for TV. Nobody's going to, you know, nobody has that history backing them up. And it's just, it's the way it is. Now, I mean, can they be successful? Can they make money? Can they put on good shows? Obviously, yes. They have a ton of talent there, and I, I see nothing wrong with it. But I just, I think that people are, way too quick to jump to extremes either way. 
and it's just like I, you know, I I usually hate the wait and see line because everybody wants to say that with TV, but it's like no, you kind of need to wait and see because you gotta let them have their debut show. You gotta see what kind of TV deal they get. Now if they get fucking like on the country music channel at eleven o'clock on Sunday night, yeah, they're fucked. Now if you know um, if the zone. Want to dump a bunch of Bellator money on them, which Jesus Christ, I bet they're regretting that. But I mean, you know, and they go online and they make like fucking tens of millions of dollars. Good for them. But I mean, we don't know yet. So it's just kind of got to wait and see. I mean, if you're excited for it, be excited for it. If you don't like those guys and aren't going to pay for it, then don't. It's not a big deal. Yeah, the. Extreme part is is definitely it's something I tweeted like a month ago. Is it seems like you either have to love everything this company does or you hate everything this company does. And I'm just like they've done some good things. They've done some things that I you know don't really care about. But they really haven't. You have to give them credit for for selling out. I don't think you have to overpraise them, and I don't think you have to try to bring them down completely for for selling out. Like they sold out this show. It's very good to sell out this show. What does that mean in the long term? Can they do this every month? Can they do this when they're running TV every month? Are they going to run live events? Like what kind of company are they going to be? I think people are so quickly wanting to crown them as a legit competitor to WWE and so people want so many people want to quickly dismiss them as a legit competitor to WWE when really I don't even know if they want to be like that legit Monday Night Wars competitor I think they just want to be kind of profitable like everyone keeps saying like oh it doesn't matter if they if they're making money because they're backed by the cons like all right, the cons are rich. They're not going to sit here every month and year and be like, hey, we're losing millions on this thing. Let's yeah, they're keep not pumping the money. Yeah, like, let's keep pumping money into it. Like, you don't become billionaires because you keep pumping money into losing uh, franchises. Although they are backing the Jaguars, so maybe that's not the case. Yeah, maybe you jumped a gun there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's... Um... Yeah, I mean, they're making moves and stuff, and I, I think it's fascinating to watch, and I think people just don't know what to understand because there's a generation of fans that, like, grew up with ECW and WCW and obviously companies before that, like AWA and everything, and then, you know, ECW and WCW died. And then there's another generation of fans that were in for it when, Ring of Honor launched and Pro Wrestling Guerrilla launched and TNA now Impact Wrestling launched. So they've seen these companies succeed to various degrees, but they just they kind of don't know what to think because we haven't had anything that could be legit and really new since the early 2000s. And now we're getting that. I, I think it's a fascinating time because, I mean, you know, you got. You got guys like it's really interesting to watch the guys that are often to leave like WWE right now. Like Ty Dillinger wasn't doing shit, but he was probably getting paid well. Could have stayed around, been a jobber on TV and live events, made a good living, but he wanted out. He wanted a shot. 
you, you got like Hideo Tommy left. He, he's, he got fucking, you know, he decided he didn't like it anymore and he's leaving. Gallows and Anderson might leave now. And it's just, you hear rumors of a lot of people considering leaving, but then conversely, you know, WWE deciding we're going to lock up as much people as we can because we have fuck you money now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they they re-signed Styles, which was obviously... I don't think there was ever an inclination that he was seriously considering leaving. I mean, why would he? Like, all these guys who have left have been guys who have just kind of been sitting around doing nothing, and they wanted to do more. Like, AJ has been the champion for the majority of his time in the company and has always been in kind of high-profile feuds and matches and was still getting paid a lot of money so why why would he want to leave um i think it's great for the wrestlers like the guys who want to be uh, dean ambrose is obviously kind of the big one of will he won't he you've got the theories that because they're mentioning it so much on tv that means that he it's a work that he's not actually going to leave i know it's been reported that they're hoping Roman Reigns can kind of talk him into staying now that Reigns will be back on the road and everything. You know, what's Ambrose really thinking? He's always been a guy that's kept to himself and doesn't really want to divulge any of those secrets. But we know he's a creative guy and wants to be creatively satisfied. And WWE really hasn't done that for him in a while. So does he go to AEW? I'm, I'm glad AEW is out there. Look, I'm somebody who gets paid to write and watch wrestling. Like the more wrestling that's out there, hopefully the more money that's being generated. I know you're in the same boat and the more money we can make off of this shit too. So bring on AEW. I don't want to just crown them as a WWE competitor because that's how so many companies seem to fail immediately. Like, Everybody wanted to push TNA like this is the new company to push WWE and they tried to go on Monday nights and that was the biggest flop of all time. And look where TNA is at now. They're on the fucking fishing network or something. And like ROH, they, everyone thought the end goal there was like, you got to get the television. Their television is absolutely terrible and doesn't even make sense half of the time and is honestly just pretty meaningless like on last week's episode literally the same day that aired a 17th anniversary show there was no rhyme or reason for last week's episode of roh television to exist and madison rain won a match and she left the company a month ago yeah i, I just reviewed <laughs> that show and posted it today you realize those matches were taped like February 9th. Yeah, exactly. Like ROH television is honestly pretty meaningless. Like they have two weeks left until the garden show, I guess three weeks. But even this upcoming show is going to be from it's all something. From tapes, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't from the Vegas tapings this past this, weekend. So. This I, I've rallied against this so often. This happens every fucking pay-per-view. They run a pay-per-view. And a lot of the time, their pay-per-views are good to great. And then you spend two to three weeks afterwards with absolutely no pay-per-view fallout. And most of the time, a bunch of meaningless matches. And then all of a sudden, like three weeks later, hey, back at the 17th anniversary pay-per-view. And they're, they're going to start talking about it. And then like the next week is going to be like, 
next week in Madison Square Garden. It's like, what the fuck, man? It's like, I really wish they could do something about that because it's just. Yeah, what they can do is not tape five weeks of television the night after you run these big events. But again, this is the issue of what kind of company do you want to be? Like, if you want to try to compete with WWE and you want to, like, you think television is the end-all, be-all and you want, like, you think you need to build stories in that way, then this is something that can happen because ROH can't run, like, weekly events and be profitable. And or else you're going to be running in, like, 300 people arenas and then you're just going to come off minor league anyway like that's the thing with aew is how are if they're gonna have weekly television what's their taping schedule like can they sustain that you know a week to week or if they're taping uh, a month's worth of shows like how is that gonna come off if you get like injuries and things like that or if you're running an event when there is when you've already taped some stuff it's just impossible to predict and try to prognosticate at this far out when they don't even have television announced. Like, just let AEW exist. What they're doing right now, again, they're saying all the right things. They've signed a lot of good talent. The double or nothing card looks great. They've created a huge buzz online and through ticket sales. But let's not just be like, they're going to take down WWE. Like, don't even wish for them to take down WWE. Just wish for them to be successful. And then maybe years down the line, they can challenge WWE. Like, the fact that they're around and guys are making better money and WWE kind of acknowledges that, hey, they're pretty serious because they have all this money and they have this backing and they do know how to create this online buzz that, quite frankly, ROH and TNA completely failed at doing all of these years. Like Impact, for example, they taped in Vegas last month. Nobody had spoilers from that show. There was nothing coming out of that show. They taped this weekend, and I guarantee there's just going to be no buzz about their taping. Like MLW is honestly better about just creating this buzz than, than Impact is. And, you know... AEW has created this buzz. WWE is paying attention. WWE is acknowledging it, and they're trying to better their product because of it. And I think that in and of itself is a just a win for AEW. But let's not say that they need to take down WWE or they're going to take down WWE. They're great. I'm glad they're around. Allow them to make mistakes and don't overpraise every little thing that they do correctly. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You know, you gotta you gotta wait till we have something hard, some hard information to work with, some legit information to work with. Need to see more of a business plan, which we just don't know yet. So moving on, Jeremy, you've been telling me you've been watching the New Japan Cup. Yes, and um, and I when I came over for the G One last year, uh, you you I was kind of hooked on New Japan even prior to that, but. That got me in the mode of like, I got to watch all of these major New Japan shows uh, live. So pretty much ever since I came over and watched the first couple of nights of the G1 with you, I haven't really missed a big New Japan show live. Fantastic. So we have a 32-man field this year. We are 
down to the semifinals now, which are Ishii and Okada and Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, what are just general thoughts so far on the tournament? Uh, it's Tanahashi, because Zack Sabre lost to Tanahashi in the Oh, sorry, yeah, Sonata. Yeah, yeah, Tanahashi and Sonata. I wish it was Zack Sabre Jr. I love Zack Sabre <laughs> time. Um, it seems like... I don't know if they want to do Okada and Tanahashi again. First off, my pick for the whole thing was Kota Bushi. I thought that me too. It it seems set up to where, you know, he had uh, Naito in the first round. He had Zack Saber in the second round. He had Tanahashi, and then he had Sonata. Like, and then he probably would have had Okada. That is by far the toughest possible path you could take. And we know Gato based on last year. Uh, with the New Japan Cup, where Zack Saber, like he tapped out Tanahashi, he tapped out, um, and he tapped out Naito as and well. Like, yeah, and Ibushi. Like Ghetto likes to take that hardest path and really make a guy. Not that Ibushi isn't already made, but really, really make a guy with this tournament. And it seemed like he was perfectly set up for Ibushi, especially with him signing an actual contract with New Japan. It seemed like it was perfectly set up for him to really be made and go into uh, Madison Square Garden and challenge Jay White, which would have been a fresh matchup because we haven't seen Jay White and Ibushi. We've seen him against Okada and Tanahashi, but Ibushi, it would have been fresh. Uh, And then Zack Sabre taps him out, which I love Zack Sabre. It completely killed my bracket. It seems like it's just set up for Okada against Jay White. I know Kenny Omega said, like, yeah, I was supposed to face Okada at Madison Square Garden. Okada was going to beat me for the title. And the theory was basically, all right, well, Jay White has just taken Kenny Omega's place. And that's what it seems likely to be. I almost believe that it's going to be Tanahashi and Okada in the finals and they work a draw, and then we do a triple threat at Madison Square Garden. I know Gato doesn't really like triple threats, and you already have the ROH title as a triple threat, but it's it's a possibility, I feel like, because then you're getting Okada and Tanahashi both in the main event at the G1 Supercard. But if you're putting a gun to my head and say, who's winning out of these four, I just have to go with Okada. Yeah, I, I had Abushi as well winning. I thought I thought that was going to be the match, and looks like he, him and Naito might take place in MSG now, which, I mean, I fucking love their matches. It's going to be great if it happens. But, um, yeah, that, uh, that, that kind of – I was, like, kind of down after that one. I was like, damn it. But, um, yeah, my picks didn't go so well. Um, yeah, I've enjoyed a lot of the tournament. There's been a lot of great matches, and um, I really – it feels like Okada's going to win, and I think they're going to have him win in the Garden, which I kind of hate if they do, because I don't think he should beat Jay White yet. I think he's been improving. I think he's done well. And I just, I, yeah, you can always say, well, he's former champion, and you, know, you can say he had the title run, but I, I don't think he should cut off the title run just to go back to Okada. Um, I, I kind of don't want him to do... Okada versus Tanahashi again. It'd probably be fucking spectacular again. But I don't think you should go back to it again. I I think you should avoid that. I think you should do something fresh. Uh, I mean, I, you know, and it's 
you know, nobody will be surprised if you follow me. I would love to see fucking Ishii versus Jay White. Because Ishii is like the motherfucking truth and has great matches with everybody. Yeah, he yeah. got good matches out of Tai Chi and Yoshihashi. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, it's like I wish they would like kind of dare to be different because like, I don't know. You, you have people like, oh, everybody's so apologetic for New Japan's booking. No. It's like, if you've ever read my shit, again, no. The booking of the tag team divisions are a fucking mess, always. They don't have it a annoys tag the team shit division. Out you know, it, just, it annoys the shit out of me. And, you know, G- Gato has his things that he likes to do. Kind of tropes, crutches. And I, I kind of hope he avoids that. I think... You don't need Okada to main event Madison Square Garden. The show's been sold out for like a fucking year almost. You don't need Tanahashi to main event. You can have them in a big match still. You can do something else with them. But I just, I kind of hope that they don't go chalk and just hold serve, you know? What do, so we both agree that it's it's going to likely be Okada. I'm with you. Like the, the show is sold out. It, I just think it feels underwhelming if, as much as we love Ishii, um, if that's your main event against Jay White for the Garden, it doesn't feel like that's the Madison Square Garden main event. And, and same thing with Sonata. Like That's why it feels like it has to be Tanahashi or Okada, which it'd be nice if they did just make a surprise and it's like, you know what? We have this show sold out. Fans are already coming regardless. Why not just put Ishii in there or Sonata in there? It feels like they've wanted to pull the trigger on Sonata for years now, and they just never do. Like, go ahead and give him this shot, and like he kills it in these matches. I'm sure him and Jay White would be a really good match, so give him this shot. But if you're... I assume the IWGP title is headlining that event over the ROH title, but maybe not because I feel like they're going to put the ROH title on Skrull. Um, or, but even if Lethal wins, like you're getting a pretty big pop for, for Skrull or Lethal. They, they might riot if Matt Taven ends up winning. Um, but it, it still feels like the, the IWGP title is going to, to headline that show, and that's why it feels like it has to be Okada or Tanahashi. Let's say Okada does win. Like, what are you doing with Tanahashi at Madison Square Garden if he's not in that match? And as you said, it seems like it's going to be Ibushi versus Naito, which great. I'm all for it. W- what is Tanahashi doing at the Garden? See, that's the thing. I don't know. And that's you have to have something good for him. You can't throw him in a shitty match because they've been hyping this whole time that you know he. He fell in love with wrestling, watching TV with Tatsumi Fujinami, working the garden. And he's always wanted he wanted to become a wrestler and wanted to always work the garden. And then he's basically been doing tribute finishes to Fujinami to win his matches. So it's like they're telling that story. So you, he has to be in an important match. And um, all I'm going to say is, is you can't call Ishii or Sonata disappointing when you have Matt fucking Taven in a main event match. <laughs> that's that's very true. And I give credit to Taven because that lethal match really could have died a death at seven, at 17th anniversary, going an hour like that. But the crowd was really into it after the dumb kingdom 
interference. So credit to Matt Taven there. I don't need to see him as the world champion, and I don't need to see him in that main event. Like Skrull against Lethal would have been perfectly fine. At least they're going to do a ladder match to you know have some spots and make it more exciting. Even if, let's say, Tanahashi beats uh, Okada in the finals, then what are you doing with Okada? It just feels like one of these two guys is almost going to be left out in the cold because New Japan kind of has their stars are kind of booked up. If you have one in the main event, if you do Obushi versus Naito, like there's no other real like top guy here. Like, Oh yeah, this is a deserving match for Tanahashi or Okada. And you can't really do like an ROH match. I mean, no offense to ROH they've done, a pretty poor job building up stars, especially with the elite guys gone. Like who in ROH is going to be like, yeah, this is the guy who we're going to see. Like I, I would say, I mean, maybe Zack Saber, maybe Osprey, but it looks like it's going to be Osprey and Cobb after they completely botched that announcement. And <laughs> I, like, I don't know what Zack Saber is going to do. Like maybe Suzuki, like Tanahashi and Suzuki. Like the crowd will be into it. I, I'm just not sure what they're going to do with the loser of this tournament. That's more fascinating to me than the winner right now. It really is in a way, and that's um, that's a good point. So it'll be really, really fascinating to see how it shakes up because, you know, I think you you have the possibility of great matches with pretty much anybody in the finals going forward. But um, yeah, it's I just yeah, like I said, because I like. I'm thinking of the ROH roster, and it's like, I can't name anybody I'd like to see against Tanahashi or Okada. There's there's no one. Like, literally, literally no one. Uh, I'm, I'm really trying to think off the top of my head. And I, now that the Briscoes have lost the title, like, the Briscoes, I, I feel like they deserve a big match at this Madison Square Garden show. And I don't know what it's going to be. Um, maybe Evil and Sonata. Um, but the, that's it. The ROH roster is just... They've done nothing. Like, really nothing with it. Um, I mean, Bandito, Roosh. I mean, they have Roosh still out there. I don't think he has a match no, right Roosh is No, Roosh is facing Dalton Castle. They oh, right. Up at the right, right, right. Which... I don't like that at all because yeah. Dalton Castle's been shit because of his injuries, and it's just I think that that feels like a waste of Roosh. I'd That's I'd rather see Roosh versus like Roosh versus Tanahashi would have been sweet. Yeah, yeah Dalton Castle's a really big waste. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know what they're going to do with the loser of this tournament because it, it can't be an ROH guy. Maybe they have some outside guy come in there's gonna be plenty of people in town for mania weekend so maybe they pull somebody out there joey janela is just gonna come in and face them yeah they need to do something i don't know the maybe invisible they... man no the invisible man died ah uh, but you've seen the posters where he might he might come back or his brother killed him i don't know i don't know man i mean they had the the whole invisible family at the memorial i mean i don't know it's, it seemed pretty legit to me but yeah i mean 
I don't know, man. I it, it'll be really cool to see what they do, but yeah, it's um, I don't know. Maybe New Japan tries to um, try tries to pull the uh the Chris Jericho magic out of the hat again, and maybe like Jericho versus Tanahashi. That's yeah. That's a that's a good theory. Um, because he's apparently he's you know he's allowed to work for New Japan still, and you know he's been away for a long enough time that. I mean, shit. They could. You never know, man. If if Tanahashi makes the finals, or if he, you know, the semifinals, if he loses either one, I mean, Jericho could sneak over to Japan. That motherfucker's a sneaky bastard, you know, and do the big attack and set up the match. You never know. I mean, but yeah, it's I I, I don't I, I'm with you. I don't know what they do if him or Okada lose because, you know, I I say you try to pull the Jericho card. That's like the only thing I can think of. That's worthy of those two guys for for this card in MSG. Yeah, uh, I didn't think about Jericho because I just kind of ruled out those AEW guys. But you're right, Jericho can go back. I mean, Omega can go back as well. Reportedly, I don't know if he will for this because it seems like at least the the elite guys are pretty set on no WrestleMania weekend is for WWE, no matter if. ROH and New Japan are running Madison Square Garden. Like, that's their weekend. But Jericho will probably... What a shot at Vince if Jericho headlines the Garden on a New Japan show. Uh, on a New Japan ROH show in the Garden as a member of the All Elite Wrestling roster. And we'll see how long that WrestleMania weekend is for WWE when fucking Mania is in Florida next year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because that's like AEW home base. Yeah, I'm going to be at Mania next year in Tampa. I'm very excited to just watch a bunch of wrestling all weekend. Um, Yeah, that's true with with it being in Florida next year. I got to think that AEW comes up with something. So speaking of WrestleMania, we will close out. um, it's, It's getting close, Jeremy. We're about two weeks away. On a scale of 1 to 10 right now, what is your excitement level for WrestleMania? I always get yelled at for for these because I give a 10 9 out of 10 times simply because I, I'm not paying $50, $60 for this show anymore. Like It's $10 a month as part of my WWE Network subscription. It's a big time commitment, but it's still... Like, I don't feel like I'm just losing money if this show is bad. Uh, and, and it's WrestleMania. As far as actual, like, how excited for you are you to sit down and watch this card? Again, like, it, it's WrestleMania weekend. Like, I'm going to be in my office all weekend watching the dozens of shows the from Thursday to Sunday. And WrestleMania is the capper. I'm excited for... The women's match, because I like Becky Lynch. Uh, the Ronda thing is weird. I get wrestling is fake, so why should I be excited for fake wrestling? Brock and Rollins have really done nothing to get me into Seth Rollins. Like, really nothing. And the distraction finish this past weekend, or this past week, was not good either. 
Um, like Brian and Kofi, as long as Kofi wins the title, that'll be great. And there's some good matches. AJ will be good, Orton will be fine, but AJ will pull something good out of him. Uh, so an actual excitement level, call it a 6.5, but really it's a 10 just because of the circumstances of WrestleMania and not having to pay $60 anymore. I mean, that, that sounds fair to me. Yeah, it's, I, I get excited for the whole weekend. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, I, you know, I review certain shows and everything, and there's guys I want to see, and I'm not going to do quite as much this year, I don't think, just just because it's literally oh, a pain in the ass being in the wheelchair. It'll be long. here, and Larry's going to be up until 5 a.m., reviewing WrestleCon Super Show 32 and Shimmer Shine Battle of the Big Kaijus. You're going to you're going to review it all. Yeah, I I I think I'm scaling back a little this year. I'm doing Evolve the uh the WWN Super Show, the Impact United We Stand pay-per-view. That's a good card. Yeah, it is. Um so I'm looking forward to that and then uh NXT TakeOver, the G1 Supercard, and Mania for sure. I'm doing those for sure because it, that schedule gives me enough time to get out of my wheelchair for a little bit. So, Are you doing Janela shows? I, I don't think so because the one is on during one of the other shows I'm covering. Right. So I, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't like reviewing shit after Mania weekend either. I try to do what I can during the weekend and I mean, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I just, it's a, uh, unfortunately this year it's coming down to the fact is wheelchairs are not built for comfort. That's, and, uh, that's very they true. Literally, they literally become a pain in the ass after about two, two and a half hours. Like Monday night raw is like a little rough to get through just, well, just cause it sucks most weeks, but <laughs> also because like by about like 10, 10, 10, 20, I'm like, I'm like, I really want to get out of this wheelchair for a little bit. <laughs> we speed this shit up. But, um, yeah, I just, uh, I get jazzed for the weekend. And like I said, there's, there's some cool stuff going on. And if I had a little more time and I didn't have to be in a chair, I'd probably review a little more like I do most years, but there should be a lot of good stuff this weekend. The takeover card is fucking sexy as hell. The, the takeover is great. Like it's the, the great thing about mania weekend is you do have, all of these shows and you not only have all these shows like literally everyone is in town for these shows and and so you don't know like there can be certain surprises like janela janela shows kind of does that the best um like but like the blood sports show i think you watched that and reviewed it last year but like that yeah. was a really fun show last year it looks to be like we're getting frank murr against dan severin this year like i know and who, josh who barnett are, and suzuki yeah like the blood sports show looks really fun uh the janela shows i think are gonna be I, i'm glad it's two parts because last year the clusterfuck went on for like five hours and then the great Sasuke spent 30 minutes trying to get a trash can over his head before flipping out of the ring. And then he never got the trash can over his head. Uh, that show just felt way too long. So now that it's two parts, it hopefully won't feel quite as bad. Uh, but yeah, like the, the WrestleCon shoot super shows, the evolve shows, like Kyle O'Reilly is challenging for the title at one of the evolve shows. Yep. Uh, NXT takeover, 
obviously the G1, obviously Mania. There's just so much good, and, and the Impact card. I said it earlier, like that's a really good card because they're getting uh, that shit. MLW is running the the Battle Riot. They're running two shows that weekend too. Like there's just there's just no shortage of just really good wrestling during that weekend and with so many guys in town and so many guys who could possibly show up at these events so many matches you can put together who's putting together uh what is osprey and bandito at like the the super or the super show right i think so yeah like you just get these weird matches these great matches that you could throw together because everyone's in town for this weekend and yeah, it's it's a great which I'm shocked ROH hasn't like put the kibosh on that match because uh yeah, that would seem to be a match that ROH and New Japan would want to put together and instead WrestleCon is gonna get it. Yeah, it is a little weird, but yeah, it's um yeah, Mania weekend I, it's always a ton of work for me, but I always have a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I'm, I, like I said, I just, I look forward to it every year. It's a grind, but it's, uh, you know, again, if, if you don't find good shit to watch during WrestleMania week, you, you're just not looking at all. Cause every year there is a ton of great stuff. And, um, what I really like is I'm glad Josh Barnett took over the blood sport show. So it stays around because that was a fun and unique show last year. It wasn't a great show, but it was fun and different. Um, that's why I appreciate Joey Janela. The dude's a fucking hell of a promoter, sold out shows two years in a row, and then he's fucking he sold out two fucking shows this year. So, I mean, the dude's basically ran four sellouts, booking his own WrestleMania week show, which is always the weirdest, wildest, and most different show of the weekend. And, again, you, that's I think that's why it succeeds is because, you know, people realize that wow this isn't just a, a stock show and it's um you know it's it's different it's fun it's you're not going to see it anywhere else you're not going to see the invisible man on evolve <laughs> you know, i mean you're not going to see alabama doink i mean just all kind of weird shit and you know like fucking like bringing out glacier for the the clusterfuck the one time shit like that it's just it's fun. It, it, I, I've never been a big fan of the clusterfuck. I think they've gone too long both years. I appreciate what they're trying to do, though. And the people live tend to really like it. So, I mean, that's, again, you're selling out, you're making money, you're pleasing the fans. I mean, you really can't ask for much more than that. And, again, you're putting on a different show. So, I love it. Should be a good weekend. This year, you've got Joey Ryan's penis party as well. That's a direct shot at Janelle. As far as <laughs> I'm telling you. I, I don't know. I really don't know what to expect from that show. Uh, they got fucking Val Venus in the main event, though. So uh, Val Venus, Joey Janela, or not uh, Joey Ryan, and Sexy Eddie. Like, uh, that that's gonna be a David Arquette's on that card as well. Like that that's gonna be a, a fucking show. Like there there really is, as you said, if you can't find something to enjoy during that weekend, you're you're just you're not looking at all. Like it's not even you're not looking hard enough. Like you're not looking 
at all. There's going to be just great straight wrestling matches. There's going to be great spot fest matches. There's going to be wacky and dumb shit and comedy shit. Like really anything you want out of your wrestling, there's going like uh, Shimmer or Shine is, is running a show for the first time in the U.S. during this weekend. Like anything you want out of your wrestling you're going to be able to to find from the WrestleMania weekend. I hope Joey Ryan goes completely over the top since he already booked Val Venus. I hope he books the dudes that played the Johnsons in TNA <laughs> and then the dudes that were the dicks in WWE. I'm sure. I mean, he had penis druids at all in. I'm sure if Joey Ryan can get these guys uh, it's a, it's a shame that uh, Yamaguchi san just just passed away. He could have, but Taka like fucking Taka is going to be in town for for that weekend. So maybe he makes a cameo and threatens to chop off a bunch of penises. There you go. But yeah, it's like yeah, again, it's t- talking about weird shit. Like Taka hasn't worked in the U.S. in like a fucking like like fifteen years or more, and since you know he needs money now because. I think he got busted like cheating on his wife and shit. So he has to <laughs> he has to take US bookings now to make some money. But but yeah, I mean you got fucking Taka Michinoko coming over. I mean, yeah, Joey Janela just I, I like I said, I appreciate that dude for the fact that he's booking shit that people want to see and are paying for it. And again, evidenced by the fact that he had to run two shows this year. You can thank Joey Janela for your ROH tag team and six man champions. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, PCO and Walter last year, man. Exactly. If if PCO does not have that match against Walter, he's not in this position that he's in right now. Yeah, it's fucking crazy, dude. But um, yeah, I think we will wrap up with that, Jeremy. I want to thank you for joining me. Where can the people find your stuff? Oh, God. Uh, I do basketball, if you're into the NBAs, uh, over at Fansided. And I do a bunch of wrestling and, and some MMA for Fightful. And now I'm doing wrestling for 411 Mania as well. So fansided.com for any my basketball fans or any basketball fans out there. And then for wrestling and MMA, 411 or Fightful. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a whore. If, if people are going to pay me to write about this stuff, I, I will gladly take your money. Well, there you go. So, again, thank you for joining us. Um, the show is, again, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube. Make sure to leave us a review. Make sure to subscribe and share us on social media. I'd like to thank Jeremy for joining me. It was a good time, and uh, we will talk to you next time.